Hey, what's up, everybody? You're watching On the Town with Tanya, and I'm your host, Tanya. And with me tonight, I also have my co-host, Richard Adamson II. Hey, Rich, what's up? Hey, how you doing? God bless you guys. Good to see you. Blessings, blessings. Nice to see you, too. And tonight's guest is a community servant, and we'll be working in the field of addiction. But being human, like all of us, uh, has fallen into addiction and is now sober and working to help others stay clean, as they say in the rooms, to live on life's terms. Please welcome Kate. Oh, oh, well, we call you Kate, but everyone may say Kathleen Furfey. Hi. Hi, Furfey. thank you for Furfey. having me. I said it once. See? See what I'm saying? That's why I said say good. it for me. You gave like it a little French twist. A little French twist. <laughs> well, no, I was putting a little Irish twist to it. Furfey. Furfey. <laughs> Uh, what do you want me to do? I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, how are you, first of all? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And you? I'm excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, being a guest with us. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Um, let's Thank see. So, me. yeah. So how do you want to get into this field? Uh, let's just say, if you can just share <laughs> briefly. Well, um, I guess I would definitely say it's through my life experience and, um, coming out in such a awful place. Um, guess it was kind of an awakening, a message from somewhere that, that I was meant to help others that have gone through the same thing as me. Mm. And there are plenty out there. Um, mm. So I want to um, be able to share that hope with the people that feel very helpless right now because mm. I was in the same place and worse. Wow. How do you think, um, well, I mean, this may sound like a silly question, but how do you think you got into addiction? Um, it's, you know, just because of the past stuff, uh, past issues or um, experimenting too much, uh, you know, like what, what led, what led you down that path? Cause you know, there's so um, much. I think, uh, you know, in my teen years and a little bit beyond, it was, you know, they say the experimental, mm -hmm. um, Little did I know I was probably born an addict. I learned all this through the process. Mm -hmm. um, my real addiction was uh, when I was prescribed medicine uh, for pain. Mm -hmm. That turned into um, not so much pain anymore, but pain with my internal self. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it gave me that energy. It gave me that year uh, euphoric feeling, and <laughs> then it went all downhill from there. Right. Um, it took years to get there and took years to get out. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm out and um, my goal is really, like I mentioned, to help other people that have found themselves stuck in the same positions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Rich, go ahead. I know you had, had a question. Yeah, you know, um, I've, I know me and you talked about this over the phone, Kate, but I, I have been dying to ask you this question. Um, first and foremost, when you look back over your life, Right. Do you ever does it ever baffle you um, that you're that you're in the number of people that made it out? And the reason why I say that is because, you know, the many conversations that you and I have and when we both compare our experiences, like I, I never was chemically addicted, but I've had family and friends, a whole generation. Right. Uh, we see that the number of people who don't make it out is very high. So when you look back at at your life and does it ever shock you or baffle you that that you're that you're among that number that made it out 
and is now living a stable, sober, productive life. Absolutely. Absolutely. To answer your question, um, it almost, you know, I wouldn't say it on a daily basis, but um, it amazes me because I was in a place where, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to wake up in the morning um, that I was able to get through it. I, I don't know how some kind of a strength within me. Um, maybe it was my father who, um, bless his soul, um, something pushed me and I was able to get through it. And it was a very painful, painful experience, physically, mentally, emotionally. And to think that I was able to get through that only gives me more strength um, to guide other people because you could have told me then that I would have gotten better. There's nothing you could have said to me that would have helped. Um, I had to want it myself and mm -hmm. I dug deep. <laughs> it was, mm -hmm. it was a lot, I, you know, yeah. trying to figure it out and figure myself out um, through yeah. the whole thing. But yeah, yeah it, I'm very blessed. I really am. Yeah. That's why I asked you that question because when you, when I listen to you and you say, you know, back at that time when you were going through what you were going through that you couldn't have, that nobody could have told you that you would have gotten better. Um, to look at you now, you're like a walking miracle, right? And so I just wonder if that motivates you, right? And which it may sound like a silly question, but the reason why I asked that question, because I've met a lot of people who get better and then they go into seclusion. Like, I don't even want to see the world again. So you being like a walking miracle, Right. Um, is that one of the things that makes you want to help people want to get into the field, want to study? It's absolutely an inspiration. That's for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you for that compliment, because it's it's weird. Um, I don't feel like my story is any different maybe than anybody else. But then when mm -hmm. I when I really, truly look at it, I've, I've come through a lot. Right. So absolutely. Um, and without going into detail and mm -hmm. it is a miracle that I'm still mm -hmm. here and mm -hmm. I have to put that to use. Mm -hmm. I can't right. sit back and not be grateful that I'm in the place that I'm at. I love that. Uh, without love sharing that. that with other people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and people need to know as, as low as you're going to go as helpless, you know, as you feel there's still hope. I, mm -hmm. I can guarantee I could promise anybody there mm -hmm. is a way out. It may take some time, but the end yeah. result is, as you said, it's a miracle. It's a blessing. It is truly yeah. a great life. Oh, and, and you look amazing, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that, you. I feel, I feel really good. I feel yeah. the best I've ever felt. Truly. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like sometimes um, addiction can rob you of all that too. So you now you got to come out and be sober, but you have to deal with this new body that's messing up on you or doesn't look at the same way that you used to or something. Yeah. So that's a blessing. That that's um, true. Yeah. And like I said, it was it was years um, of recovery, right? So you know, like I mentioned, you, it takes years to get into this hole um, mm -hmm. and years to get, to get out. out. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. so so grateful. Um, yeah. that I was able to climb out of that hole. Mm -hmm. Wow. What, what led you to the hole? That's the most important part. What, what actually yeah. led you? I think at the time I, I, it was a good feeling. 
Um, and then afterwards, um, I think I was a really unhappy person. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of self-esteem issues. Um, I had a lot of stress. Um, my father's passing affected me greatly. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, he passed from um, from alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So it, that was that was a lot for me. I went through an, a horrific divorce. Um, a lot of stuff, right? It just kept on piling on and piling on. And the more I used, the more it went away. Mm-hmm. The more I numbed myself, my feelings, uh, my surroundings, um, not healthy at all, mm-hmm. you know? That's just amazing to hear you say. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, because when you think about, you know, as I hear you talk, I'm hearing what I would call chapters, chapters of your life and in, and in many people's lives there are chapters of pain mm-hmm. um there has to be something amazing in you and i'm gonna ask you what it is and the reason why i'm asking that question is because you know when people suffer with unhappiness which i've went through before through my own reasons which i'll share later um when you go through things like loss of a parent, loss of a loved one, loss of a marriage, um, often people have to find their happiness again. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes people fall further and further, either into addiction, uh, depression, or other dysfunctional patterns, right? Mm-hmm. How did you find, well, what, what was it that you feel was in you that helped you find your happiness, your drive, your purpose? Because when I met you, one of the things that stood out about you was this drive, this purpose, this this wanting to know more about how to help people from addiction. And when people come back, when when often when people fall into hell, they don't come out. And so what amazes me about you, Kate, is that you dealt with unhappiness and different chapters of pain. But here you are, you found something and you're utilizing it. What was it in you that that made you say, I got to find my happiness and I got to, especially for a woman, because it's different for women with addiction. I, I believe everybody, I don't, I'm not minimizing men's pain, but it's different for women because there are not a lot of facilities that are equipped for helping women, first of all. Mm-hmm. So what was it in you that said, I, I got to find happiness, find purpose and keep going. That, and it's amazing that you did that. That's why I'm asking you the question because I want the audience maybe to hear it. They mm-hmm. might have a, you never know who's in our audience that needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. Right. No, absolutely. I, um, it's a really good question. I have a big heart and I don't think I realized that I did. Um, I, I, I'm thinking that a part of me just felt so low. My self-esteem was so low. I really had a lot of um, self-reflecting to do um, with myself Um, to try to figure out why I was so unhappy. I had a beautiful upbringing, um, beautiful job, two beautiful kids, a beautiful home, and it didn't matter what you gave me, I was still unhappy. So looking back at that, I think that for me, it was was probably all self-image. It was just being miserable in my surroundings um, and that I've changed. I walked away from that feeling. Um, Like I mentioned, I went through a horrific divorce, um, moved several times, um, a lot. You mentioned like the chapters, right? So uh, for me, I really think that it was 
a self-loathing almost disappointment in myself um fear of disappointing other people in my life that brought me down and it just got to the point where i i couldn't anymore it was either that um or i hate to say this but death because that's how bad it got and i was not leaving this world you know leaving my two kids behind and my family who cared deeply for me something you know lifted me up i have so so much respect for you i have so much respect for you thank you yeah and see um i have um i have a i found a quote from uh someone i'm trying to see where sally Sattel. i don't know if you've ever heard of her um she's a a psychiatrist um, and she's actually a resident scholar at the American uh, Enterprise Institute. Um, she had said in an article, I was just reading something about like, because you know, I like to always say, uh, addiction does not discriminate. Remember I was saying that earlier? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, she thinks opposite. said addiction does indeed discriminate. It selects for people, this is her quote, uh, who are bad at, de- at delaying gratification and gouging consequences, who are impulsive, who think they have little to lose, have few competing interests or are willing to lie to a spouse. Um, let me see this. Through the National Drug Institute of Drug Abuse uh, describes addiction as chronic and relapsing disease. Uh, she says, my patients seeking help are actually the exception. Addiction is not an equal opportunity to share even among addicts because thankfully, most eventually extricate, I can't say the word, themselves mm-hmm. from the worst of it. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I don't particularly agree with it. Uh, at all, but um, what do you think? I think um, me personally, meeting people like Kate and the other amazing people mm-hmm. that have come across my life, because a lot of my mentors have stories similar to Kate. Um, right. I think that addiction does not discriminate. However, I think that addiction and obstacles pay special attention to people who have great purpose in their life, mm-hmm. because um, I do believe in good and evil. And I know that when people have strong purpose, Mm -hmm. um, which is what I sense with with Kate and and me and you have had many, many conversations, Tanya, and, you know, that's something that I sensed with you too. And Mm -hmm. I see it. Mm -hmm. I think that addiction and obstacles seek out people with great purpose, Mm -hmm. with maybe the intentions of stopping their great purpose. Like Kate has a powerful message that, because there's a lot of other Kates out there that need to hear from Kate. Mm -hmm. So if, if the addiction, if the evil can mm-hmm. destroy Kate, mm-hmm. maybe those other Kates who are still 15 and 16 years old will never get that message. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I do I do think that addiction does not discriminate, but it pays special attention mm-hmm. to those with great purpose. And that's mm-hmm. what I sense with Kate, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you answer too, Kate. I'm sorry. Your, yeah, your story gets me so excited, so I'm going to shut up. No, I, no, no, no. Everything you're saying is is great. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a tough time accepting um, compliments. But um, yeah, so I don't think it discriminates. <laughs> I, I have seen all walks of life go through mm-hmm. um, addiction, recovery, but Richard, what you pointed out, which I think is actually, I can totally see that, is that the people that have gone through it have that power or um, are able to go forward with it. They have like a purpose, a strength, um, and 
that's that's where I'm at. I just I want to go forward and help people. Um, mm. That is that's my message. I'm I was I felt alone, but I know I'm not right. At the time, I felt very alone and thought, mm. what what have I done to my life? How did I get here? And I'm gonna try to grab as many people as I can and 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 get them the help they need. I know. Right. Yeah, that that is true though, Richard. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And and it's sort of like um like throwing the pebble in the water. You think, oh, that doesn't really matter. But even if you affected two people, those two people may affect three and then the other ones affect ten. And then next thing you know, mm. you've affected thousands of people by the time it's all said and done. And each of which had they not been here, the other person would not have been here. So I, yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, yes. That, but I do believe that, that uh, um, you know, drugs don't discriminate. I don't know where, I think she was going with the sense, because um, she was saying something else in the article about um, uh, specifics like, um, you know, um, Jane Doe, who's from a rich family, um, which I don't agree with at all. She was like, is, is less likely to do X, Y, and Z than the other person. And I was like, mm, I don't think that's true. Cause look at Durst, um, you know, he comes from one of the biggest DuPont family, the DuPont heir. Mm -hmm. And he not only killed his friend, but he shot his friend, but he dismembered him. What happened? Mm -hmm. He has lots of money. He's an heir. What's the problem? He has a perfect family. Well, he didn't have a perfect family, clearly. I mean, in my- Maybe the my, feeling of the untouchable, right? They feel like nothing can happen to them. Something. I mean, for, first of all, if my kid ever did something like that, I'd be mortified. I mean, literally mortified that my kid could potentially murder another human being. That's like, but don't tell me that because he's rich, that he's not going to have a problem with addiction or any other problem. I'm sure he has. I mean, they never said he has an addiction, but I would probably put, I'd put a million bucks on it that somewhere along that line with whatever he was doing, drugs were probably involved or something. Something was involved because I hope he, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know what, Tanya, to your point, right, mm -hmm. which I think is a brilliant point, um, it leads me to this thought in which I've actually said this before in the past, that addiction doesn't discriminate. Probl human problems don't discriminate. People right. discriminate. Mm -hmm. So we have a tendency as human beings to put ourselves in categories. But I know, like, there, there's a saying that um, a lot of the a lot of my mentors who were in recovery would say, by the grace of God, there go I. Right. In other words, what they're expressing is that anything that happens to one human being mm -hmm. can happen to another human being. So addiction um, and its attacks on the human race, it actually is wise in its attacks. In other words, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't look at where you come from. Mm -hmm. Only we do that. Mm -hmm. We as human beings categorize, and that's why we're susceptible even more to certain problems, because it's like Kate said, we think that in many ways, we think that we're uh, untouchable to certain problems, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but human problems are what they are. Yes. And that's, that's yes. human problems. Anybody can be chemically addicted. Anybody well, yeah. can suffer from depression, yeah. even without drugs. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're here. I believe we're here as a human experience, and that is exactly only yours. No one can take it from you. No one can give you a new one. No mm -hmm. one can help you too much. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we get into the field of helping people and stuff, but the truth is, like you said, you can't make a You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So right. 
whatever you're going to go through, there's nothing I can do to stop that at all. I can only give you options and choices, right? That's right. about it. So right. um, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. uh, it's I like to see when people come into the field because we need more. Um, there's so many. I mean, I can't even tell you like at least 20 people I know of whose children or yeah, their kids, even if they're older, home pass from like the fentanyl is a big thing right now. Uh, and it's like, what do you, what do you tell someone? Um, and, and some people I've tried to talk to before, but they just, you know, they don't want to listen. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, and you know, unfortunately now their, their loved one is deceased. Um, but what is some advice that you can give just from your personal experience to someone that's watching right now? Um, let's say to the parent of an addict, what, what, what's, is there anything you can think that you think back to and say, Hmm, I wish someone would have said that to my mom or dad or whatever. So, um, one of the most important messages is don't ever lose hope. Don't mm -hmm. give up on, don't give up on that person. Right. Because they're going, they're going to get it. It's just going to take a little time, but they're going to get it. Mm -hmm. I think the most beautiful messages that my mother always told me um, was to be a frog because mm. frogs only jump forward and not backwards. <laughs> and wow. That, I, I'm telling you, that, that got me through. That worked. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how, but that that um, quote she gave me was so effective. Yeah. You know, yeah. That just hit me when you said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frog. Yeah. And, and get myself wrapped up in my thoughts of the past because they yeah. were awful. Um, and there's more to live for. So yeah. I really just think, stay with that person. Don't give up on them. Mm -hmm. Don't give up on them because mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. can do, um, they need the right guidance. Right. And, and speaking of that, speaking of not giving up, oh, I'm sorry. Were, were you done, Kate? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying the good support system. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really important. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. speak, speaking of not giving up on people, right? This leads me to my next question for you, Kate. Um, people look at me, and I've had people tell me, oh, you know, Rich, you're a good instructor. You're good in ministry. You're good at helping people. And I often, they, they didn't see behind the scenes what I went through. Watching my dad get clean, right, is really one of the main things that got me here today, which is why I'm so compassionate. Like, my father was a big six foot three inch 270 pound man who i rarely saw him cry but one day we were in church me him my mother my sisters and he was crying and i was asking my mother what you know like why is daddy crying and what she said to me in so many words is he's trying to get free like he went up to the altar like people go during church because he was struggling with addiction and that's one of the few things that i've seen make him cry mm -hmm. so it had seeing my father get get clean has such an impact on me that is one of the main reasons why mm -hmm. I am the way I am today what I wanted to ask you Kate mm -hmm. is um, do you think that watching your children watching you overcome the obstacles that you overcame do you see how it is impacting them because in my view from my own personal experience I think it could have nothing but a positive uh, impact but um, well, first, um, were your children um, old enough to see you overcome these obstacles? And mm -hmm. if they were, would it have impacted them? 
So um, my children were younger at the time. So okay. I, you know what? They're mm -hmm. sponges. So were they aware of it? Maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really had that deep discussion with them. Mm -hmm. um, but I can say wholeheartedly that I am a much better mother than I was. Uh, more attentive, um, you know, and I, I'm just there for them. Whereas before it was just, I was there physically. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't emotionally um, or psychologically there with him. Mm -hmm. uh, now they're older and I'm able to really get down deep with them and be able to speak with them. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do hope that I will recognize any signs that may be concerning because I do know it's, uh, can be hereditary. Yeah, especially um, if the father's an addict. Yes. 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 So, right. Um, and which he was too. So 30% chance, I believe it's 30% higher. Right. Something that effect. I think so. Yeah. They, they all, the stereotype is they blame the woman, right? but, so um, it's, not, it's, it's, it's actually more likely if the father's an addict. Yes. And I forgot why there's a detailed reason because, well. because anything, any drugs that the father ingests, it, it, go, it can be in his sperm cells. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, cause people, people think cause the mother, but actually her womb serves as a protector from, from like a lot of stuff. That's, I yeah. mean, that's why even, um, there's some babies, most of the time someone has JJB and they have a baby and they don't have any protection and all that stuff. They can, but there's times where people, the baby doesn't get it and you're like, what happened here? So that's kind of, it makes sense to me. But, um, but yeah, I, I found that that was my biggest shocker in school to learn that it was the male, just like it's their reason if they don't have a male, uh, <laughs> they didn't swim fast enough. Uh, but it's the same, uh, same thing, uh, you know, that, that is, that is another incident that's their fault. Uh, mm -hmm. so not fault, but you know, mm -hmm. make a higher rate, especially at riches, especially if it's a boy, correct? It could be boy. I'm not really sure about that, but I, I know that what, I forgot. There's yeah, something I know. That. I know that the stereotype has been, uh, or the misconception has been that if the babies are born chemically addicted, that is solely on the mom, which is the biggest lie that lie. one of the biggest yeah. yeah one of the biggest lies or mis misconceptions that i've ever heard because yeah that is actually not true if you look I'm at gonna the story, a lie that's a lie it's a you lie because, why? you know why mm -hmm. because it probably was a male scientist or whatever that made it up uh or not made it up but came up with this concoction mm -hmm. because everything before the 60s so i want to say was blamed on the women everything yeah if you got divorced it's your fault if mm -hmm. you it's your fault. If this, so that's why I think that concept went into that too. So yeah, that's a very that, that that's I guess beyond false. When I hear people say that, I'm like, are you kidding me? But a lot of people still believe that. But no, oh, but yeah. If Just I'm like use you. if I'm using whatever I whatever I am using goes into my blood, my sperm cells. If you look at the story of Richard Pryor and Pam Greer, mm -hmm. she used to test positive for cocaine because he was sniffing cocaine and having intercourse with her. Right. Uh, right. Yes. That's so. been a, yeah. Wow. That's deep. Very deep. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. I, know, I saw Kate's face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, wow. So Kate, um, what is the biggest le uh, lesson you've learned in your recovery um, about addiction or watching other people with addiction? The biggest lesson Um well, you know, again, um, that there's hope, 
you know, like you could be really low and you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to slow down, mm-hmm. right? So um, when I'm kind of overdoing it, I like to sit back and do a little reflection to calm down. Um, mm-hmm. And that helps me. Um, I don't know if that would help other people, but I'm mm-hmm. sure it would. It's a type mm-hmm. of, you know, meditation that I do just to have some daily uh, reflection and and remind myself to be grateful for everything that I have mm-hmm. and where I'm at. Mm. Uh, but self-reflection I, is where it's at. Mm. And, and well, lastly, what, what um, why is it so important? Because um, I want people to know, because people say, oh, well, I don't have to go to meetings. Some people get sober and they stop going to meetings. I'm like, you need to get to those meetings. Uh, what do you think is the importance of, of meetings and having a sponsor or support person? So um, I'm all for the, the meetings. Uh, I think they're super important because you need that support system. You need to be around other people that have similar circumstances that can hear uh, hear you out and not be judgmental. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell your friends who has never experienced it. You can't tell them your experience, and they're not gonna they're not gonna really come from a genuine empathetic um, ear because they mm-hmm. don't they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So I do think that meetings, um, counseling, sponsors, just to you know stay on point is is really important. It's got to be a new lifestyle for you. Mm, that's take it. Yourself. And you can't take care of anybody unless you take care of yourself first. That's it. That's it. And and Rich, uh, you want to uh, piggyback off that? Uh, yeah, my last my last thing is that, um, you know, you're an amazing person. Somebody I think is very inspirational. So I have to ask this question. What is a, the legacy and the message that you want people to get from your life because truly the work that you do and the work that you're training to do is going to touch many lives. What's, what's the legacy and and the message that you want to come from your life? Wow. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That's, that's a question I'm going to ponder going forward, but um, you know, I think that I had strength that I had the strength Mm. to get through what I went through. Um, I want my kids to be strong and anything that they face, um, that they can get through it. You just got to take it one day at a time. You know, it's it's right there for you. You just got to feel it. Um, my legacy is to really what I experienced to help other people. I hope Um. people um, and it gives them some type of inspiration or hope that, Tomorrow is tomorrow. Yesterday is yesterday. Just be a frog. <laughs> Let those uh, demons go and and move on. Start a new life. Yeah, that's I'm it. gonna I'm gonna use that. Be a frog because they only leap forward. They yes. only leap forward. Yes, guys, if you're Amen. listening, Amen. be a frog and only leap forward. You heard it from Kate herself. Um, Kate, thank you so much for being a guest. And hopefully, someone will listen, uh, like, share. Most importantly, please share, guys. Uh, not because I care about ratings, but because I care about how many people will listen and actually take action. That's really what I care about. We don't care about, um, you know, everybody like me. I don't want you. You don't have to like me personally. It's just the message itself. 
is very important for saving right. and changing lives. That's my that's my famous quote is we want to save or change mm-hmm. a life. That's it. That's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. So thank you for sharing your story. We really appreciate you. For having we, we appreciate you as well. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on the but, show. We appreciate uh, you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, you're welcome to come back anytime. Can't wait to get yes. that back and be out there in the field. I think yep. you're going to do great things because um, you have a lot of aspects to it. Uh, yep. And this is just going to add a double one. Uh, yep. You'll be a person with compassion, you know, uh, and that's that's just so important. Like, it, it, you know, everything we do, no matter what kind of job we do, if you don't have compassion for other people, then right away you catch the defense. You know, you have an attitude. You're not nice to people, which makes them not nice. It, it just creates like the snowball effect. But when you've had experience right? And you're coming in, you know, uh, knowing something extra, it, it, to me, it just creates a beautiful atmosphere and, and yes. makes people want to say, yeah, I'm in the right place for recovery. This is where I should, I'm supposed to be here, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, oh, she's a witch. I'm not, right. I'm not you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, we were just talking it, about that, Kate. And yeah. I, yeah. We were just it talking can be about pretty that. funky in rehabs, you know, Whoa. depending on who yeah. you get, it can be very right. funky. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> But I'm ready for the challenge. Yeah. Oh, we're we're going to be teammates, Kate. I'm, I'm so happy that you're coming into the field because yeah. Tanya and I were once teammates, too. We're still teammates, yeah. just at a different capacity. At a different capacity. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and you're now amazing, you're still out here Tanya, trying to you know, save lives. Yeah. Right? You're That's amazing, it. too, Tanya. You know, I, I always give you your props. Thank you. You too, as well. I appreciate you. Uh, and thank you guys out there watching. Uh, we're pre-taped, yes, but you like share. Well, why don't we give you like, just share it. Please yeah. share. Very important um, because uh, like I said before, we have to save and change lives. And my show, I hope if I do nothing else in my lifetime, that whenever you watch any episode, whether it's comedian, whether it's addiction, you will be inspired to be the best yes. you. And or, or else, you know, you tell your kid or whoever, uh, as long as you mm-hmm. pass it on. That's all we're that's what we're about. So yep. thank you very much for watching. And until next time, you guys hang out.